Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. All right. Hey, RJ, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Jordan? Uh, not bad. It is, uh, it's a, a, a rare day off, uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of biathlon. So I wasn't up at, uh, I wasn't up at three 30. So it was kind of nice to I get know. a little extra sleep last night. <laughs> it's nice. Hey, yeah. It's, uh, uh, starting to feel it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing well so far, but, uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with, with me eventually. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, you know, the, with the most of the, I guess we have Friday and then we've got a couple of races over the weekend and at least it'll be the weekend. So got yeah. the rest of the day to sort of <laughs> focus on uh you know resting as opposed to you know the the craziness of, of trying to keep up with work too haven't you understood the concept of having a one-year-old yet i, uh, I no, thought no, resting I, went out no, the door resting doesn't happen no what so honestly <laughs> what happened uh what happened last week with the with the races on the weekend was he would take his his late morning nap and i would take one right along with him <laughs> oh nice yeah, I I have not fallen asleep on the couch in years, and uh, my wife came in and she saw me sleeping on the couch. She goes, "Yeah, it's catching up with you, isn't it?" I was like, "No, I know." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just being a parent of a young child. Oh, of course, but, yeah, uh, uh, just permanent permanent exhaustion. Yeah. So, what do you got for today? Uh, so, I figure we'll start off with a brief overview of uh, the things that we've seen so far uh, mm-hmm. in the first three races of the Olympics. Uh, we. <laughs> A little early, but I think there are already some pretty big, uh, pretty big topics of conversation that came out of it. Um, well, we'll get to this a little bit later, but we'll, I guess we'll start off just with a brief recap of uh, the first three races. Uh, some of the people that, uh, some of the men, some of the women that looked uh, particularly strong or or not as strong to us. Um, mm-hmm. We can cover some of the athletes that uh, maybe we had some questions about coming in and did we learn anything about them. Um, okay. We move on from there looking at some of the people or uh, maybe some some men some women that we like for the races going forward uh before getting along to our under the radar and uh, up and coming athletes and then okay. hitting our our general topics uh, uh and then the stat of the week and the stat of the week for anybody who wants to pause it now and uh, do a little bit of reading uh rj wrote a article about uh, lisa patazzi and her shooting and i think uh, all of the the questions that we have, or the uh, the, the head scratching we have about uh, the difference in her relay shooting versus her uh, shooting in solo races. So if you mm-hmm. want to pause real quick, go uh, go read it. Uh, I would encourage you to do that. That way, when you uh, jump in, you kind of know have a little bit of background about what we're talking about. If you don't already, sounds good. All right, so let's jump right into it and uh, let's talk about what we saw in the first the first few races. Okay. Yodley. Overview of the week. Uh, before we actually got to the uh, the, the actual races themselves, uh, I was going to say we, we talked a little bit about some of the questions we had about this particular this particular venue uh, mm-hmm. and the, the the stadium and and uh, everything that went along with it. We had we didn't know a whole lot of information uh, before uh, the Olympics started. I didn't know if uh, there were, you had any any thoughts uh, about what we've seen from it so far. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been interesting to hear from the athletes um, that have posted about the stadium in the last week or so. Um, I still like one article that stood out to me is uh, that 
I think it was Eric Lesser, but I'm not sure about it, but that uh, there seems to be a general concern about, you know, yeah, it's a great stadium for biathlon, but it's unfortunate that it's probably never going to be used again unless maybe the Chinese championships or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's unfortunate. And uh, and the other thing that stood out to me, I think Tarya Bo and, and uh, there was at least one other athlete uh, that were saying, you know, yeah, it's all nice, but uh, it's not really made for biathlon here. And I think that was mostly related to how it's situated compared to the typical wind and that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I, um, yeah. I would say generally, um, it, it just seems that everything works against the athletes in the way of, you know, the snow is tough and slow because it's man-made snow and, um, the elevation doesn't help. And then the wind blowing into your face pretty much the whole second half of the of the ski before you get into the stadium and then of course the the wind that's horizontal in the stadium or from left to right typically um so so i can see where they were coming from when they said it's not your typical biathlon or or great venue for biathlon athletes um i'm i'm still trying to get used to the the brown spots around the uh the venue mm-hmm. itself I, I know we talked about it that they do a good job in the camera work to minimize the uh, amount of brown that you see but uh, it still looks a bit weird when you get the overview shots and mm-hmm. and uh and those yeah and the 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 light posts pretty much every 10 meters or something is uh, <laughs> is something that you know doesn't look right but again you you don't see it too much when they're zooming in on on the athletes and stuff but uh yeah i think generally i would say it's just it seems a really tough course in multiple ways uh one of the things that yeah no i, I agree with almost everything you said uh 100 uh especially talking about how it feels like the athletes are fighting the course the entire mm-hmm. way um you know just it's, it's just one challenge after another um and and i guess there are i guess different philosophies on how you can set up a course right you can you can set up a philosophy where or set up a course where uh, a, a course can be rewarding, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, you, you hopefully see a lot of really great performances or you can set up a course that is going to be exceptionally challenging. And, uh, I guess that what you're looking for there is, you know, the, the strongest survive. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like to see a course where, where you, you have, uh, it's just a little more rewarding. You see, you see, uh, lots of good performances as opposed to, you know, just sort of trying to hang on and survive. Um, the other thing I, I will say is that uh, uh, it looks very artificial, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And this might just be a personal thing, but you know, you see a lot of the courses that we're used to, a lot of the 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 you know, and and uh, you know, the traditional stops and and Anhalts or Oberhof or or uh, and also or any, any of the other more traditional stops. The course looks like it was sort of just discovered or found, like it just was sort of <laughs> it looks more natural, right? And this yeah. just looks like it was carved out and and constructed for this expressed purpose um and and just that's an aesthetic thing and but it just sort of i it's hard to you know you you see them skiing in in germany or or france or austria it looks like they're having a a cross-country ski and this looks like it's a ski on a hillside i just it just sort of stands out to me and 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 maybe that's just what you expect when you're you're racing in a non-traditional place where they built the stadium just for this for this maybe this one event and, and like you said i don't know if we'll ever be back here again because it just doesn't seem like a natural place for uh the ibu to come uh even even it's just rare for them to go to to even 
uh, North America. So I don't know if we'll if we'll see this. Maybe uh, they could have uh, dressed up the uh, the lantern posts as if they were trees <laughs> yeah. to make it look yeah. like Germany or or because those courses, yeah. like you said, it's almost like they had a forest and they just hacked out a, a path mm -hmm. through it. Where yep. here, there's just I don't think anything grows there. No, it's just so brown hillside. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, one yeah. Uh, one other thing that that uh, I was thinking of originally when we just started. I was really wondering if the size of an athlete, like if you think of, for example, mm. someone like the Vidova, who's small and tiny, and mm -hmm. then you think of somebody like Hauser, who is, you know, a tall woman. Yeah. Um, I just wondered if that had an impact on on them, on, on a type of athlete because of the wind. Yeah. And, you know, if the snow is really slow and tough to work in, if that's more severe for uh, heavier women or, or men. And uh, but then I also thought, well, those someone like Hauser maybe has an advantage at the shooting range to be a bit more mm -hmm. stable and, and less affected by the wind in that way. But uh, I uh, should probably do some research on that. But that's a really interesting thought. I had not even considered that. It makes it makes complete sense. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, so in I guess, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you if you still have that time off during the during the Olympics, you <laughs> yeah <laughs> dive into yeah. it for us. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing I was going to, the, the last thing I was going to mention was, it was just what you said with the, the, it seems like if there is a breeze, it is going straight across the range. And I don't know if that was just the way that the, the course was constructed or if that's just bad luck for, for what we've seen so far. But, uh, I don't know how, I, maybe this is just, uh, confirmation bias, but it seems like every time I'm looking at the flags, they're all, they're all blowing straight to the side. Mm -hmm. No, uh, no downwind or, uh, yeah. you know uh periods on the range but uh i was really worried going into the olympics that we were going to just going to see these just outrageously windy conditions and it would be a uh, a lot of a luck that we would see and while we did see that uh in the mixed relay to some extent it seems like the wind kind of laid down for the two individual races which was nice mm -hmm. to see yeah for sure no i agree so i guess we yeah, can use as oh i'm i apologize no i was just wondering i i know for example a couple of events before these Olympics, they brought in, I think, the ice maker from the uh, Edmonton hockey team to do the ice in the Olympics. And I know that for speed skating, they often have a, a Dutch ice maker come over. And mm -hmm. I know that, uh, you know, the courses in alpine skiing are often designed or laid out by some of the coaches. Mm -hmm. I really wonder who was involved in the design of this course, if they actually mm -hmm. brought in, you know, some some coaches or some some specialists from Norway or Germany or something like that, or if they just uh, went about it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's coaches or officials that were involved in the uh, creation of the tracks and uh, the range there. And I know that, you know, they have uh, the two national coaches who have a little bit of uh, experience when it comes mm -hmm. to that, but uh, I don't know if they were in, influencing the decisions at all, but uh, would be curious to, to find that out. I would love to know. Yeah, mm. or if this was just they had a uh, sort of a distance that they knew that they needed to have, and they knew they needed to have a stadium, and they needed to have a range, and just Went laid for it, it out. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, so I guess we can go from there and jump straight into uh, just a, a quick recap of of how the races have unfolded so far. Sure, that sounds great. Yeah. So we started out with the mixed relay, and uh, it was a wild affair. Absolutely. Uh, we saw a, a lot. We saw the wind blowing uh, at its most fierce of the weekend or of the week so far. 
uh, we saw some some pretty wild swings uh, with, you know, it seemed like nobody was ever truly out of the race. You could be mm-hmm. two minutes behind and you can make it all up in one in one shooting. Um, as they did. Yeah, as they certainly did. Right. <laughs> uh, I, there was the one critical shooting. We talked about this, but where um, uh, I believe it was uh, Ekhoff, uh was it Ekhoff and Veer were uh, where this just stood out to me. They were on the range and they had a lead going onto the range and the wind was just blowing like crazy and they were standing there forever. Um, and it allowed uh, Claire Egan and uh, Simone to, to close the gap. And mm-hmm, so they mm-hmm. went, they came onto the range with a, a pretty uh, significant lead and left and it was a tight race. And that, that completely changed the makeup of the race going forward. Yeah. And the opposite happened, if I remember correctly, on the third leg where mm-hmm. especially the first shooting of the, the, the men was just completely dead. Yes. Wise. yes. So yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it, on the one hand, it, it, uh, re- relies a bit more on luck, but you know, you, you can't complain if you have three countries, uh, within a couple of seconds going into the, the sprint for the finish. So, um, it was, what was the final separation, like a, a second and a half, something like that. Yeah. 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 Was, uh, we'll be hard I, pressed to see anything that close the rest of the, the rest of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was uh, was was very cool to watch. Yeah, it was it was entertaining uh, for sure. Uh, and, and and you know we had uh, the other the other big thing we had the Americans made a run there for for a brief moment before finishing in seventh. That was kind of neat to see. Absolutely, yeah. I no, think they really, left. Uh, really well done. I think Schomer was uh, was it Schomer or Doherty uh, was was right there. I think it was Doherty with uh, Luganoff and. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and almost in the lead for for a very brief time. I, I don't know any of the Americans listening. If you were able to hear uh, Chad Salmo on the call, he was at his uh, enthusiastic best uh, <laughs> at that moment. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. Nice, yeah. Yep. Uh, in the women's individual, uh, we had uh, Denise Herman with the gold medal, uh, Anise Chevalier Boucher with the silver, and Marta Olsbu Roisland with the bronze. Uh, and I'd like and, to add Foyt or Folked in uh, in fourth. That was quite the yes. accomplishment considering she was in the IBU Cup only a season ago. A season ago, and not only that, but speaking of the the mixed relay, she looked a little overwhelmed by the moment Absolutely. in the mixed relay, yeah. and uh, she looked like a future superstar in the individual. Yeah, no, it was was great to see, and and what a great day for the German team, right? Yes. But, uh, yep. Absolutely. We covered that a little bit in our, our post-race pod, but, yeah. but they really looked good. Um, there's been a lot of discussion in Germany about, you know, how the kind of stars from the past have, have gone, come and gone, and that there's not a lot of uh, young ones coming up. But I think folk made a bit of a statement there that uh, certainly they've got yeah. something to look forward to the next couple of years. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the stars of the day, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll talk about Perts in a little bit, but uh, she, she made her triumphant return as well. Um, and then in the men's individual, uh, we had uh, some of the, uh, tri- you know, I guess some of the stars from the season and, and uh, seasons past uh, at the top, we had uh, Quentin Fionn-Maye with the gold medal and Hans Smolski uh, came in with the silver and Johannes Tengdespu, Bo, excuse me, with the, with the bronze. Yeah, another uh, nice race to watch, and I I was really impressed with Cantafiomaye. He wasn't in the picture as much because of uh, Johannes Tingensbo and Tretkov being in a tight fight. Mm-hmm. But um, man, I just 
I didn't realize he how how far he had ahead he was until the end of the race uh, when they started to focus on him more. And and I was like, did he have that wrong? Like, is he really like almost twenty seconds ahead of the fastest time? But even even when he went across the finish line, he was still full of energy and just you know sprinting out. He was very impressive. He looked incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. When they showed the the split of him leaving the range for the last time and he was like 30 seconds up, I, I did not believe it. I, that cannot yeah. possibly be true. Um, but you know, it certainly was. Yeah. And then Smolski showed what, what can happen if you shoot clean yeah, on a day that almost nobody else does. And uh, he's he's been really good this season. Like he's made a huge jump compared to last season. And He's he's gone downhill a little bit in the last couple of races, but it's great to see him back and uh, and see him on the podium. So, absolutely, yeah, he's a little up and down uh, since uh, the season turned over to 2022. But but that was certainly uh, that was Smolski at his peak right there. You, yeah. you see the the peak potential and and why uh, you know the the Belarusians have been why they were one of the 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 picks uh, for uh, uh, top spot in the mixed relay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then and then. Uh, we saw uh, the Germans again had uh, two in the two in the top top ten there with uh, Dole and Reese. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of continuing a, a a nice little a nice little opening for them. I wonder how much impact that has when you start with a win or like a good result. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I saw a video of uh, Denise Herman coming back to the, the German house, and uh, you know where the whole team is cheering for her and and throwing confetti and that kind of thing. And it, and it must have an impact on on other athletes. I'm not saying the whole team per se, like some deal with it differently than others, but that must give you a good feeling and, and, you know, knowing mm -hmm. that, that they got the wax right. And yes, uh, that must be, must be some positive influence for the other athletes. That's exactly what I was going to say. It gives you confidence in the equipment, gives you confidence that the, you know, you've, you've got good wax and you've got good skis. So, uh, and, and that you can go out there and go out there and do it. And I mean, Herman is no slouch by any means, but it was an unexpected win. So yes. I, I can also imagine that that makes you think like, Hey, if she, if she could do it, you know, she's, she's good for the top 10 usually, but if she can actually win a gold then I might be able to do that too. So exactly. Why not me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. can be one of those things. Winning can, uh, winning can create more winning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, any, anybody else from those, uh, three races really stand out to you? No, no, I think, uh, we, we covered in more detail in our other, uh, Olympic yeah. updates. So, uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, so just doing a, a quick hit of some of the, the big, uh, things that we've seen coming out or the, the, the big things that stood out to us coming out of those races. Um, uh, I thought that, uh, I just wanted to hit this real quick. We, the, the North Americans are having a, a really good start to the Olympics. Yeah, for sure. Um, not in every race, unfortunately, but, uh, yep. sp spread out. I mean, USA, did great on the relay. They were mm -hmm. they were really in medal contention until uh, until the fourth leg of the race, and uh, still they you know got in seventh, which is quite the accomplishment. Uh, Deirdre Irwin having a great result, and then on the Canadian side, Scott Gow the next day uh, with a fifth place was uh, was very impressive and and good for them. Absolutely, you know, it's uh, where North Americans or Canadians in the USA are not considered biathlon nations by any means, but uh, mm. to be up there and to to play a part, and you could see uh, in the in the men's individual how Scott Gall was was actually in the camera uh, mm -hmm. in the picture yes. quite a bit, and just you know made you realize oh he's he's still 
challenging the the medals and uh, and turn or coming up in fifth place is uh, really good. Good for him. Absolutely, and I'll say selfishly, just as a as a North American, right? It'd be mm. hopefully uh, somebody's watching this out there and says, "Hey, look, if Scott Cow can do it, you know, yeah, let and me go." Go ahead. No, I was say, let me let me go out there and train and see, you know, let, let's mm. make, let's let's uh, let's try to do it, you know. Absolutely. On the other well, end of the scale, yeah. hmm, um, and and we both tweeted about it, but. Uh, What's going on with the Swedes? It's uh, it's just not not going well for them, and uh, I think their best hope or their best showing was uh, Elvira Oiberg. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, it's it's uh, not been very positive. No, uh, absolutely not. Uh, I think there's. Uh, I don't know if there's really anything. I think if you're if you're on the Swedish team, you just have to think that. Uh, well, you know, it can't uh, can't get any worse. So, might as well just go out there and and mm-hmm. go all out. Uh, you've gotten you know the individual out of the way, which wasn't really a, a strong point for for too many of their athletes, and, mm-hmm. and they sort of set up better for the sprint. So you can you can think, well, we've got our our best events ahead of us, uh, but it just has not been a a, a very uh, a very good day or a very good week so far for mm-hmm. them. And I really they, hope that uh, it's not going to be the opposite effect, right? Where where the uh, yep. disappointing results so far is, are going to drag them down for the for the future races. But really feels like you know, if if one of them could just go out there uh, mm-hmm. in the sprint on Friday and just have a really great day, yeah. you could just sort of open them up. Uh, and on the other hand, maybe there is something going on with their wax team because everybody's been slow for them. Uh, at least, I mean, Elvira has been has been slow relative to her normal self. Yeah. And so may- maybe they just don't have it quite right. Maybe they can get that fixed over uh, the next couple of days. Um, maybe they can. Will, maybe they can talk to their uh, cross country team because I think they oh, yeah. they won the sprint in the the women's and yes. had a guy in the final for the men's, and so they got something right there. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Share share some notes, guys. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I personally uh, a little a little disappointed with how uh, Dorothea Vieira has done. Uh, mm-hmm. I had really high hopes for her after watching her steady improvement throughout January. And I, I had thought that she was going to come in here and, and really, uh, have, have a great opportunity to win a medal. And uh, I guess her form just hasn't really looked as good as, as I would have hoped based on what we were seeing. Yeah. I'm really hoping that, uh, maybe she's focusing all her energy on the, the mass start. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, I agree. It, it was, Coming out of Antholtz with that win, um, yep. I was really expecting her or hoping for her to see her right on top there, but uh, not so far. So hopefully she can turn it around. And it's a similar sort of story with uh, Tariabo as well. Uh, mm-hmm. al- almost exactly. Uh, they're they're similar ages, and they both had really good Januarys, and it really felt like that was going to you know they were they were primed for uh, for a really big Olympics. Uh, maybe one last big run at uh, into a solo medal, and yeah. um, you know he's sort of had the same same sort of uh, performance so far. Just looking not quite as as spry as uh, I thought maybe he would, uh, especially considering some of his uh, his compatriots, his brother especially, mm-hmm. uh, how they've looked. Yeah, the only thing with Tarie, and and again in hindsight it's easy to say but i was worried that he was maybe peaking a little bit too early because he yeah. he was skiing super fast probably just before antholtz already 
Yes. Uh, yep. And then in hand also. So I had a bit of a concern that maybe he peaked too early, but um, I mean, he's still good. Let, let's oh, yeah. not forget he already won a gold medal in the in the mixed relay. So uh, let's yeah. not write him off just yet. But uh, no, I think you're right. He uh, he's a little bit disappointing compared to the last couple of weeks of the uh, the second trimester there. Yeah, you're right. You, you might just be a little bit past prime, but I mean, you can still win just mm -hmm. or, or win a medal or top five when, when he's in the condition he's in. It's just way he was looking. He looked like he might come in here and just look like one of the easy top threes. Yep. Um, and then there were there were several athletes that we had some questions about coming into the Olympics. Um, uh, in particular, I'm just going to name a few. Um, you know, and uh, I, I think that uh, uh, Latipov uh, mm -hmm. with the COVID, uh, you know, and, and we didn't really see him at all in January. Uh, so we didn't know, was he going to come in and still look like the guy we saw back in November, December, or was he going to take a step back? Um, yeah, he, uh, I, I have a feeling he's not quite where he was uh, in, compared to the start of the season, but I was really happy to see that he's competitive again and, and doing well um, on the mixed relay he was he was pretty strong. Uh, couldn't just hold a hold the lead right till the end with uh, Norway and and France just beating him there. But uh, he did. He looked really good. And uh, so far, it seems that uh, he got over his illness in a very good shape. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, the I other, think that, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. He, he's uh, he's looked better than I thought he would. I thought being mm -hmm. away that long and and probably some restricted training, uh, he might he might fall back a bit but he's he's still been very solid i mean i think in the uh in the individual what he was i think he had the the eighth overall course time that's great yeah yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be competitive yeah for sure Preuss also coming back from from COVID and her uh uh bruised ankle yeah um she she looked okay i mean she she didn't uh she wasn't the strongest German as she typically is. So uh, I think she still has some improvement, room for improvement, but uh, not bad either. So it's good to, no. to see her back. I was just happy to see her back out there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just been such a hard year. I mean, you could, you wouldn't blame her at all for just wanting the year to be over and start over again. But yeah, she was out there. What She was, uh, I, I don't know, top 25, top 30 in the individual. It's, yeah. it's not terrible. No, for sure. No. And especially when you come in and you have no idea where you stand, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still so many unknowns about COVID and, and how it impacts you. So, uh, and that was know, coming off be, the ankle. Well, that too. Yeah. You know, she hadn't, she uh, hadn't even gotten a chance to test the ankle. She was planning on coming back and then she had COVID. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, Eckhoff, mm -hmm. uh, has just been one giant question mark the entire season. Yeah. Her ski, ski speed is definitely back. Oh my I think, word. She, I think she was the fastest on the uh, individual, if I remember correctly. She was, or at least yeah. one of the fastest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think she she was the fastest. Uh, I think she was. Uh, it was her and Wasteland. Shooting on the other end. Not uh, quite not there so yet, but yeah. uh, she's got a few days to get it straightened out if we're going to yeah. take the optimistic approach. Yeah, but she's definitely. I. It's weird to say that, but uh, she feels like an outsider who could win. Oh, I know. Um, I was thinking. Looking at the sprint, uh, with with only having to shoot twice mm -hmm. and with her speed, I yeah. think that she should definitely be considered one of the favorites. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not one of the favorites, but I, she is 
if she wins or if she gets a medal, I will not be surprised. No, exactly. No, she's just at that stage where on the shooting range, things just have to work out for her. And then, uh, mm-hmm. and then with her ski speed, anything's possible. Yeah. And, and I, even I wouldn't have thought that. I, um, I remember either tweeting or uh, talking to you about how I felt at some point, like, is it even fair to bring Akov to the Olympics? Um, mm-hmm. Just because she, she just wasn't performing at all during the season. Uh, and with the depth that the Norwegians had, I, uh, I, I, I never meant to say she shouldn't go, but uh, I just wondered if it ever got to the point that they questioned if she should go or not. But uh, I think so far she's proving that she belongs at the Olympics for sure. Certainly. Yeah. And, you know, even last year when she was winning all those races, right, she would regularly win going, you know, nine of 10 on the range in a sprint. And, you know, I think that that's her, <laughs> that's her path to victory on, yeah. uh, on the sprint, right? So if she can, she can find a way to, to just get nine targets down, mm-hmm. she's gotta be, I mean, she'll be in the, in the mix. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then I think that we both had maybe some questions or we just didn't know where JT Boo was gonna, or Bo was gonna, gonna fall out when, when we got to the Olympics. Yeah, you could see the progression, but, uh, I think with, with uh, you know his, his pretty lousy start to the season, and mm-hmm. you know compared to his normal, because uh, he, he was still doing quite well, if you ask other athletes. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a question mark to to see if we would see the the bow that we've gotten used to in the last couple of seasons, or uh, mm-hmm. if he just didn't have it this season. But uh, what we've seen so far, he was uh, strong in the mixed relay. He basically made up. 15 or 20 seconds in the last uh after the last shooting and oh, yeah. was able to eke out Quentin Fionnier in the sprint so um he definitely got a bit of a reality check in the individual being mm-hmm. something around 20 seconds behind Quentin Fionnier mm-hmm. but uh yeah he's he's definitely you know one of the favorites it's hard to hard to not pick him as one of the favorites Absolutely, he looks he looks good. In uh, yeah. looking at the individual, I I wonder was this a a strategy decision on his part to slow it down to improve his shooting? Uh, I have no it, idea. It's, impossible uh, to say. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I'm wondering if I know he had a, he started out with a miss, and I'm just wondering if he didn't back off a little bit and then hope that he could go clean and then go win from there. I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's just unusual to see. Uh, QFM beat him by 20 seconds on the course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, though. I think he's one of the favorites going forward. Yeah. Anybody else that you want to talk about? Mm, nope. No, yeah, I, I think, think I'm good. I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think that was pretty much everybody. Okay. Then we move on to the dice. So I'm going to roll the dice. And I have number four in front of me so let's see the current overall we should we should note that in the current overall standing uh the olympics are not included because they don't count toward a towards the world cup points but on the women's side we can talk about nobody else than lisa hauser and ah, on the men's ah. side sebastian <laughs> samuelson so well, it's uh, actually two really interesting really interesting picks mm-hmm, yeah well you come to the right place if you want to talk about lisa hauser <laughs> well, <go ahead. laughs> I might be the president of the fan club. Um, and if there actually is a fan club, then I would like to be a part of it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know, I will. So I'm just going to give my, my brief thoughts on her. I, I of course am biased, but 
I came into the season thinking if she could follow a similar pattern to what she did last year, that she would come into the Olympics and have a chance to win a medal somewhere. Mm -hmm. And based on what we were seeing in November, December, it looked like she was following that pattern. And then in January, I kept waiting for her to find that speed that she did last year. And it just never happened. Um, and then over the last couple of weeks, we've started to see a couple of misses, uh, that she doesn't normally have from her prone shooting. And I'll be honest, that has me, uh, pretty concerned. And I'm, I'm never going to say that I am, uh, feeling negatively about her, but I am less optimistic. I'll put it that way about her chances of meddling. I, I think that for her to be in contention, she needs to be where she was last year, where she is a top 15, top 10. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe not top 10, but, but at least top 15 in terms of speed. And, uh, and then she's got to shoot like she normally does. And right now she's not doing either one of those things. I mean, she could certainly start shooting well at any time and that wouldn't surprise me, but I just have seen no indication that she's got the same legs that she did last year. Yeah. And, and especially in the individual, I had good hopes for her if she could, you know, keep it clean and with her good shooting that wasn't out of the ordinary, but, uh, yeah, if that doesn't work for her and then the ski speed isn't there, then, um, it's not gonna yeah. not yeah, gonna go well for her. Yeah. Yep. And, and she was able to stay in contact of the you know the the top five for for the last month or so just because she was shooting well and she was able to to not lose too much time on the on the course. But I mean, if she's gonna start missing with the regularity that she has regularly, it's gonna be it's gonna be trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've got my fingers crossed. I've got my toes crossed that we're gonna see a complete turnaround. Uh, when uh, she starts racing again in a, in a couple of days. That sounds good. I hope I, I cross my fingers with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you, we talked a little bit about Samuelson. To me, he's, uh, he's almost like the example of the, uh, of the Swedish team. Yes. Like he just, when you see him ski, he just doesn't seem to have the energy. Um, he, he just seems to struggle uh, in the mixed relay. I was, Still, you know, the, the season or the, sorry, the Samuelson we saw at the beginning of the season when he left the range, what was it? 15 seconds behind Bo? Yes. Um, I wasn't saying, oh, he's going to come back for sure, but there was definitely, I was expecting an, an attack Yeah. and, and an all out, you know, go for broke. And at the first split, he was probably more than double that behind yep. Bo. Now, of course, Bo was going really fast and catching up with the leaders, but it it felt like, and maybe he had a an incident on the track that he, I don't know, maybe struggled somewhere or fell or uh, got a ski stuck or something like that. I, I'm, I'm not aware of anything like that, but, uh, or he just realized that it just wasn't there today and, or that day. And he just kind of accepted fourth place and went with that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, the ski speed's just not there, and and uh, and you know, compared to the beginning of the season, it's just been been going down, and shooting hasn't been great either. So, um, not very hopeful for him. I I really hope he can turn it around uh, for the sprint and uh, and go from there. But still young, I, you know, he's twenty four only, but he's still young. He's already got an Olympic medal. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, he, he definitely will be back at the Olympics at least once, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if he hangs around until he's 32 and still has, has good form, um, he could, he could be back again. I mean, that's not unheard of what Roysland and Vera are both 31 and they're both, uh, they've both been, been contending well, but, 
Uh, no, I, I, I agree. I, similar sort of thing. I, for Samuelson, I was looking at his performances from last season. He was very fast. The first month of the year took a little dip in January and then came out, you know, looking amazing in the, in the championships. And I thought, Oh, we'll see something similar. So right. when he's, when he started to, you know, slip back just a touch in January, I thought, ah, okay, he's, he's putting in the work. He's uh, doing the hard training and then we'll, we'll see him, you know, firing at all cylinders when we get to China and, uh, so far, we just haven't seen it, and no. I don't know if it's there. That's no. sad, right? You, you yeah. want to see when you when you come to the Olympics, right? You want to see everybody performing at their peak level, mm -hmm. and uh, I I think that it's just it's just not there for him right now. Um, and it's I mean he's definitely he's definitely out there working hard. He's not trying hard. It just oh, I, the like yeah. the legs just aren't aren't at uh, aren't they're not they're not peak form. Yeah. Yeah, it was just when you said that coming back to the Olympics, I was wondering about um, Hauser because she is twenty-eight, if I remember correctly. She is. Yep. So it's that's this. that's going to be. I'm not saying it's her last one's for sure, but uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. If she if she had if she was faster, right? If she, I, I think that in general, your faster athletes can because they can slip a little bit and still be competitive. Mm -hmm. They can pick it up on the range, but I think if you're if you're starting off from a a good but not great point. I think it's going to be, and once you once it starts to go, it starts to go. I think you end up sort of in the not that Ader has ever been a, a speedster, but you end up sort of in that range of you really need to shoot clean to to be in contention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which well, I guess we saw with the uh, with uh, Fock last year. I mean, he hasn't really done much this year, but Jakob Fock was was able to stay in you know top ten range for a decent chunk of the year last. Fair season. enough. Yeah, yeah. It's a good example. So there's always hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, hope springs eternal for Lisa Hauser in this house. <laughs> um, do you want to move on to the power rankings? Sure. Yodely. The power rankings. Uh, so it's funny. We've now done two uh, versions of our normal podcast and both times. We've had no new power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I promise they're coming. Uh, so uh, I, I think that in solidarity with the IBU not changing the rankings, uh, or maybe me just not wanting to do it this week, I didn't make any changes uh, okay. to the power rankings. But just wanted to use this moment to say, uh, you just point out uh, anybody that you think might be, you know, some of the favorites in the in the upcoming races. Maybe right now we can just look at the uh, sprint and pursuit that are coming up this weekend. Yeah, if we uh, if we start with the men, it's I'm well, obviously. Uh... Quentin Fillmier is a uh -huh. uh, is a favorite. Uh Johannes Tingisbo, I, I have to see him as a favorite too. Those are the obvious choices. Uh Loganov has uh impressed me quite a bit. Yep. Um I you know, I'm trying to think of others. Um Emile Jacqueline. I mean, he's just one of those characters who can just have a great day and uh and surprise uh -huh. people compared to what he's been doing so far, but I, I have a hard time seeing him as the favorite. And um, yeah, Tarier, Bo, you know, also definitely a contender, but not a favorite. Like right, same same story. I think Smolsky, he he must be in, he must be feeling, feeling pretty good. So um, yeah. he, I don't know if I'm ready to say he's a favorite, but he can definitely be up there. 
You know, it's interesting. I think that uh, for a lot of the season, I've had a, a large group of people that I would consider to be amongst the favorites for the men's sprint races. You know, mm. uh, Phil Maé and Samuelson and uh, JT Bo and, and Jacqueline and, and Loganoff uh, recently and even uh, Christensen and, and Johannes Kuhn for, for a big chunk of the mm-hmm. season. Um, and it really feels like a lot of those guys that we we had been used to seeing up at the top have just looked less good or maybe it's just that i don't know it just it just seems that there are fewer people fewer guys who are on their uh at their at their top form right now yeah uh, so that that list of favorites is is getting pretty getting pretty small yeah no it's not to say that somebody else isn't going to win i mean it's biathlon we see we yeah see crazy sure. winners all the time uh depending you know, the on the weather up. and yeah. exactly you know and and who knows uh i i completely agree with the list that you said i think that Christensen, he's sort of on my contenders list. Definitely not my favorites list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he looked okay in the, in the individual. So if he has if he has himself a good day, if he came in with the bronze, I wouldn't be stunned. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah maybe. There, yeah. There's definitely a handful of athletes that would not surprise me in the top three. But uh, I, 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 yeah, there's nobody else that I would add to my to my list of favorites though. Yeah. Okay. How about the women? As far as the, the women go, uh, I, I think that it's hard to to not mention Roisland uh, at any mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yeah. She's showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, so I would definitely have her uh, as one of my favorites. Um, I, I have a really hard time. I know she hasn't looked look amazing, but uh, until until proven otherwise in the sprint race, I'm going to have Elvira uh, mm-hmm. in, my, in my list of favorites. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe Alan Bekova. I, I you know, was she just thinking of her. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't looked bad. Um, I, in fact, she's. I, if she won the gold, I mean, I wouldn't be. I would not be floored. Uh, she could definitely be right in it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's the you know just same similar story. A bunch of women who who could definitely contend. I mean, uh, Denise Herman. I mean, she could go back to back. She's got the speed to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I was just thinking of Herman that, if I remember correctly, in the past, the sprint has actually been her strongest um, competition, right? So, mm-hmm. yep. and the way she's performing so far must be, uh, yeah, I would definitely see her as a favorite. Yeah, I could put, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, this might fall into the contenders, not favorites category, but uh, Tara Lekoff, we, did, we just talked about for a long time, um, and she could be. She could be in that list. I mean, again, it all depends on how she shoots. She could yeah. have four misses and be nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Tondra Volt could also, Ooh. you know, she's been looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely has. That could be interesting. Um, on the French side, I never know what to say. Like they, you know, Justine Bréza-Boucher, if she has a good shooting, she'll, you know, she's definitely a contender. Julia Simon, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. I with the with the French women, I I feel it's really a hit and miss. I mentioned uh, in an earlier version of the power rankings. I, you know, I had for a while I had them all clumped together. Uh, you know, right next to each other, and I basically said that on any given weekend, you can just you know put four names in a in a in a hat and draw them out at random, and mm-hmm. that's who's going to perform well. Because it could be, and because I, I included. Uh, uh uh i i apologize about the mispronunciation yeah Yeah. oh there we go uh count on our our uh our native born uh european to to (laughs) help us out there (laughs) um but 
yeah, I mean, she's had some good, good, surprisingly good finishes as well. So if mm-hmm. she came out there and, and had a top five, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be floored. So any of them could, could do it. I just don't know if I, if I count on any of them from week to week. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's hard. Cause like you said, it can be any of the, of the, the four as well. So it's, uh, it's yeah. Interesting to, to keep an eye on for sure. It could be any of the four and none of them have shown remarkable consistency. So right. it's hard, hard to know who it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other women. We'll, we'll get into the details more later, but uh, I still think that if it's a big, if, but if it can show up as if it's a relay, then uh, she could be one mm-hmm. of the contenders for the sprint as well. Certainly could. She's got the characteristics uh, that would allow her to do it. If, if she hits her shots, mm-hmm. I'm just like it. Yeah, we'll talk about it more later. But I mean, just look at how she looks at the beginning of every relay. She's always in contention with whoever she's skiing with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you think about uh, uh, in uh, Davidova? Uh, any any chance there? Um, probably not. I'm just I, her, honestly, her ski I'm, speed just hasn't been close to the top enough to really see her as a favorite. Her shooting has been, you know, decent, but. Um, I think with her ski speed, she's going to have to shoot clean. Yeah, to yeah. Have a chance yeah, there. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just scrolling through my list right here to see if mm-hmm. we're missing anybody. Uh, oh boy, we didn't talk about her earlier, but uh, Hannah Hannah Sola. Uh, yeah. Did, well, I you know I would love to say that this is going to be the race she's going to turn it around, but I just I just don't know about that. I don't I don't see it happen to be honest. Oh, here's one. Uh, Retsova. Yeah. Yes. How would you know? I was just thinking of her in the sense that her ski speed's been looking good, and and uh, you know, for for only two shootings, I I think she could pull it off to to shoot really well and mm-hmm. and and challenge for the podium. Yeah, she might make my top five list. Hmm. Yeah, because I have I have a hard time getting to a full five, and if I'm looking for somebody that uh, that might be able to pull it off, maybe. And for some reason. Um, I always considered uh, the Russians particularly good at shooting in tough conditions. And, cool. and that's not based on any statistical research or, or looking at the numbers by any means, but I just, they just seem to do well in those conditions. Yeah, you're pulling at me. You're just going with your gut instinct there. <laughs> yeah. You got to do that every now and then too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty fair list. Yeah. And then, of course, it, it goes without saying that uh, you know you set yourself for the pursuit uh, based on your mm-hmm. your uh, your your standings in the sprint. I mean, you could be the the greatest pursuit uh, racer in the world, but if you start out, you know, two minutes behind, you're gonna have a really hard time coming back. Absolutely, yeah. You're Under the radar. So I'm pulling up her page on uh, Real Biathlon and. Just wanted to give a shout out again. We've done it before, but uh, Real Biathlon is such a wonderful site to uh, to see statistics and and uh, performance information on on all these athletes. Um, so I encourage people to to check it out if you haven't so far. Absolutely, it would be uh, impossible to do any of what we're doing right now without it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, Yulia Jima, she's been a, around for a long time. Um, she never to me seemed to be 
contending for the top position in the in the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she's always been one of those outsiders that could win at any moment. Now she hasn't. Let me see how many she has. One win, and that was in the uh, 2018-2019 season. Um. Yeah, she she she's definitely one of those athletes where I always she in the last individual I actually was debating picking her in my top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although when I look on Real Biathlon for her stats, definitely seems to have dropped a little bit in the last couple of races. Both her shooting rank and her her uh, her race rank, her ski rank, has been hovering around. Let's see if I can pull it up quickly. Hovering around <clears throat> the upper 20s, so not super fast, but uh, still within the top 30. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. She would have to get back to her, her usual levels or previous levels to uh, to really come up with a surprise, but uh, I still have faith in her. I, you know, I, I agree. And uh, I'll be honest, most of the time that I think about her, it is in relays. And, mm. and I look and there's Ukraine, you know, performing better than I expect they should be. And it's, uh, it's her that is on the on the course. And mm-hmm. um, so I don't know, maybe that's something unique to her and relays. Uh, but uh, I actually feel like over the last, uh, I noticed her first, uh, I think, um, this season, uh, back uh, in uh, I believe it was Oberhof, maybe we're polling. She had a really good sprint. I think she had a top 10 in a sprint. Um, and I was uh, thinking that maybe, huh, maybe she's, you know, coming around, uh, getting her form back in, but she never really did a lot the rest of the way before the Olympics. But then mm-hmm. uh, speaking of relays, there she was in the mixed relay. Yeah. Uh, and she looked very good. I mean, her, 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 uh, her speed wasn't, wasn't all that terrific, but she shot really well in some pretty tricky conditions. Um, and, and when she, uh, you know, was on the course. I thought that, you know, she compared to the others. I mean, she was obviously well back uh, compared to, you know, to Ekhoff or Vera or uh, the other women that were on during her leg, but she was holding her own out there. And then she went out and the uh, individual just uh, the other day, and uh, I believe she was 10th. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have that. 10th. Yes, she was 10th yeah, and, uh, and 10th, both overall and 10th in course time. So I, I I think that you know she's uh, not an unreasonable uh, you know person to, to be looking at uh, you know thinking about under the radar athletes. Uh, I don't think that she's on anybody's radar, but um, seeing what we've seen over the last couple of races, I mean, this is this is definitely a small sample size, but um, she has shown that she can compete on this course in these conditions, and and she's not been intimidated, and and she's done really well. So if she goes out there and. Uh, you know, she she would probably need to go ten for ten in the sprint. Um, might have a little bit of a better opportunity in the in the pursuit. But if she goes out there and, and shoots really well, she performs good enough that she could land herself in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I can't add much more to that. But uh, she yeah. she has the potential to surprise a few people. Yeah. So uh, she's she's our girl this week. We'll be yeah. we'll be hoping hoping that she can <laughs> she can re- reflect well on us. Up and coming athletes. Um, let's move on to uh, some up and coming athletes. And uh, we're staying on the east side of Europe, but a little further. Uh, both Kazakovic and Vosnetkova 
They're both uh, young athletes. They're ranked fourth and fifth in the uh, under 25 standings for the season. And um, they've been doing pretty well so far. They certainly have. Uh, I, I would say that uh, you look at those two plus Redsova and the Russians have a very talented young uh, young group coming up. Absolutely, um, yeah. I, I, I believe that uh, uh, Vesnikova actually did. She was selected for the Olympics, was not able to make the trip because of COVID. Um, but, uh, you know, both of them have shown the potential this season uh, to, to sneak their way uh, up into the... Uh, into the, the, the top 10, uh, you know, I don't know how many times they've actually done it. I'm, I'm actually just pulling up their, uh, their finishes this year, but yeah. So, uh, Vaznikova, you know, had, uh, had an 11th place. Um, uh, I believe that Kazekovic, uh, also, I think she did have a 10th place a little bit earlier back, uh, uh, in the season. I think it up oh, there was in, uh, the, the Hoke Felsen, uh, sprint or excuse me, the pursuit. So, to both of them have been able to get up that you know into the into the top ten, and they are they're still young, um, so yeah, twenty four. Uh, both yeah, of them, right? Yeah. There's a lot of growth potential there. Uh, and, we, we spent. And, I apologize. No, but I was just, just going to finish up by saying we spent a lot of time talking about Vanessa Volk, but they are ranked just behind her mm -hmm. uh, in the in the under twenty five ranking. So uh, we we you know should definitely be be looking at them as uh, as uh, future uh, standouts on the on the World Cup as well. Yeah, and like you said, they have a pretty strong team now. Fasnetkova, uh, three podiums already with the team mm -hmm. events, and uh, Kazakovic, two podium. So uh, pretty promising future for the Russians there. Absolutely. Um, and, and looking at them a little bit, uh, just in terms of uh, their their attributes, I mean, uh, uh, Kazikovic um, is a little bit better uh, uh, skier uh, than, than shooter at the moment. Um, which is sort of a, a like a, a Redsova, um, you know. So, so I don't know if they use the same coach. I know nothing about them from, <laughs> from that perspective. But uh, it would be interesting if they could, uh, uh, you know, if that'd be something they could work on together. Because uh, if they both get their their shooting up just a little bit, um, you know, that could be just almost an unbeatable an unbeatable relay. Uh, Vesnikova, I'm not as familiar with. Uh, I'm just pulling up her in, uh, data right now, but. Same same deal. Uh, she's also a little bit higher ranked in her shooting than than her uh, excuse me in her skiing than her shooting. So, um, I, I I I've said this a couple times now, but I, I truly believe that uh, uh, the the Russians have have a lot of talent. And you know, you look both on the on the men's side and the women's side. And and I I say this because I think that last year, especially, we just didn't see them as much. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, they, you know, this year we're seeing with with Loganov and and Latipov and uh, was it uh, Svetkov was just up there and they left Babakov at home. Yeah, yeah. Kalili, yes. Uh, they've got just it just is a it's a much larger group. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about the Norwegians and the French and the the Swedes and the Germans, but the the Russians are are deeper than I usually give them credit for. So I'm probably I'm I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else. And, <laughs> And uh, you know you, you now got to include the, the the women on that list as well with uh, with these two with uh, uh, you know Rasova they're going to be they're going to be uh, a lot of uh, high Russian finishes in the next couple of years. Yeah, and especially when you look at uh, Fasnet Kova, uh, her stats have just been increasing and uh, since the previous season. And um, if that trend can generally uh, keep improving, then they're they're going to be uh, contenders for for future seasons for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
Anything else to say about these ladies? Uh, yeah, uh, we're in trouble when they start winning. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to. They're, I mean, the Russian women are going to start winning, and then that's going to be that's going to be that. Well, it's going to be cool to see them in a, the women's relay, right? So, uh, I yes. don't like you said, uh, Vaznikova. Uh, you mentioned she's not at the Olympics, or I don't know if she's still there, but she's not uh, participating. She's being replaced by by another athlete. Um, but yeah, uh, future relays. I'm I'm hoping she gets out of the uh, the COVID sickness soon and uh, feels better soon and can be part of that team again. On the uh, men's side, I you know at at uh, 29 years of age, it's hard to call him an up and comer. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if I if I look at his stats for the last couple of seasons, he has definitely been going up. And uh, mm-hmm. I think in the the current season, he's been. Really showing some uh, some progression on on every aspect, so skiing and shooting, and his uh, his finish or his uh, results have been good. So, um, unfortunately, he didn't have his best day on the relay because I uh, I was really hoping that he could uh, at least stay clean on his shooting and and uh, pull off the the major surprise for the U.S. But again, like we said, seventh place still very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely been an athlete that seemed to had seemed to. Uh, sort of level out previous season and then uh, this season and the end of last season he's been really uh, trending upwards again so that's great to see it, it really is and, and, and it's especially hard because you can tell he's worked so hard on his shooting i mean you just look at his stats and he's he, he's just gotten so much better over the last couple mm-hmm. of years um mm-hmm. and so you know sometimes the 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 moment the moment takes hold it was our difficult shooting day anyway but uh I, you know I'm, I'm really happy to see all the improvement he's made. And, I, and I, I'm happy to see it for him that all the hard work he's doing is really paying off. Uh, he's mm-hmm. had some, some really solid finishes this year. And um, he, like you said, he's, he's a little bit older, but uh, it doesn't just because he's a little bit older, he still has, he's, he's less experienced. If that makes any sense, he doesn't have as many races on the world cup level. So, um, yeah. you know, we can treat him a little bit like he's a, like he's a younger, a younger uh, athlete to, you know, if he had been in one of the, uh, uh, you know, the more traditional countries, he might've, uh, you know, had obviously uh, more opportunities coming up. Uh, so he's, he's, but he's doing great. I, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah. Also, everybody do yourself a favor, go to the real biathlon or the biathlon world website, look him up. His, uh, his profile picture is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he actually, I don't know if you're familiar with his, uh, uh, YouTube video channel. I oh, think no, it's no. called, uh, uncharted biathlon. Um, but yeah, if you, if you look up Paul Schomer on, on YouTube, I'm sure you'll get to his videos. They're actually, uh, quite fun. And he, and he does a lot of, uh, gives a lot of insight in the U S national team. So, uh, definitely recommend looking that up. Absolutely. Um, do you want to move on to the general topic? I sure do. Yodale. The general topic. For the first topic here, uh, this is something we've danced around a little bit uh, for for the last several days. But uh, one of the the big topics of conversation on on social media and and elsewhere um, and in the media period has been uh, the varying plans that some of the top nations have or the top the top countries have used in their in their training and in their their overall season plans uh, with this being an Olympic season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give a brief overview, um, and, and, and correct me if I, if I get some a little bit off, but of, of what the different, uh, strategies were for the different, uh, the different countries. So, 
the one that uh, has been most obvious was Norway. Um, they made it pretty clear. I mean, several several of the athletes uh, were were pretty pretty plain about it that the only goals they had this season were around the Olympic Games. Um, I'm not going to say the only, maybe, but but that was definitely their primary goal was to to be ready for the Olympics and to win medals. Um, so they were willing to sacrifice some of the the early season races, um, you know, as they you know based on their their summer training and then and then building towards a peak for February. They didn't even really make a, a great attempt for a, a November December peak at all, um, as they were, as they were just. Uh, uh, progressing towards towards February, uh, and really let the uh, the Crystal Globe race kind of go this year, except for obviously the major exception of uh, Marta Roisland, who is obviously the leader right now for the women. Mm-hmm. Um, the Swedes uh, did uh, the 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 other approach, right, which was uh, go for an early season peak, uh, you know, kind of bottom out a little bit uh, in January, and then try to build back to a peak. We talked about that when. Uh, we discussed uh, Samuelson and uh, mm-hmm. how he he's uh, done this um, uh, in the past, uh, right? And you could see them early in the season come out, and they came out. They all of them looked incredibly fast, and they yeah. you know Samuelson and the the Uberks and uh, you know kind of went. When you just look at everybody on the Swedish team, they they seem to be having career years. Um, and the, but but so far, you know, well the results have been the results. And then you had France, who uh, they made uh and i believe it was uh fion Maillet who had the uh quote earlier in the season talking about how uh you know uh it was uh he didn't consider that you needed to just base your season around the olympics that uh you could uh use the olympics as a part of the season as you know and and where like the crystal globe race being you know a little bit more maybe not more important but but the olympics weren't uh weren't the end-all be-all of the season yeah yeah it was almost like the Olympics are just part of the season, even though they don't count for, count for the World Cup. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I can remember one relay. I think where both Quentin Fillon-Mier and um, Emile Jacqueline didn't participate in, which I think was uh, near the end of the second trimester, where they just mm-hmm. seemed to want to take some time off. But um, yeah, other than that, they've just been, you know, yeah, racing there as a normal season. Yep. Um, Norway, there was, oh yeah, I, I was just going to bring up, like, remember at the beginning of the season that we were all wondering, like, what the hell's going on? They're so slow yes. relatively for them. I think the Christiansen might be the only one who was uh, performing at his normal ski speed, but everybody else seemed seemed super slow. Oh, and yeah, then, they, all, they all seemed like they were stuck in mud. Yeah, and then slowly but surely they uh, they came into a better form, and, and at least for uh, Johannes Tingis, Bo, it's seems to be uh, peaking at the right moment. Tarja mm-hmm. might have peaked a little early. Um, I think uh, Legrite's ski times are, are, you know, quite up there where, where he was last year at his, at his peak. So um, a very, very different approach. And um, within that team, it's interesting to see that Roisland seems to be a little bit different. She, she also skipped different uh, events mm-hmm. and, yep. um, Maybe in the situation that she's in is, uh, is, you know, of course they're focusing on the Olympics, but, um, for her might be more of a balanced, balanced approach. And, uh, she seems to be doing more what the French are doing and uh, just keep going to where you're going and uh, see where it lands. So, um, 
it's it's interesting. I'm I'm trying to think of other teams. Um, I mean, I I I think the Russians. So I'm thinking about uh, how everybody did. So the, you mentioned the French were there every single week uh, in in January. Uh, the Norwegians all took off. Was was it the second week in Norway? The Repolding week, and then um, the Swedes took off. Was it Anholt? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, I believe the Russians, by and large, they missed a week too. I just do not remember which week it was, or they they skipped a week for training. Uh, the mm-hmm. rest, I I don't I don't have I do not remember. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to remember if uh, Germany took some time off but i don't recall which one that i think would have been. i think you're right they did they did because I, I remember they had a relay where they it was a it was a kind of a funny relay they put out right there. Yeah, yeah yeah it was almost yeah. like their b team where yes who did, yeah still did quite well but uh yeah yeah they did <laughs> but i know that that some athletes like i remember uh, eric lesser he was still fighting to get his ticket for the olympics yep you know fairly late so uh so there was a bit of a difference between the athletes there but um yeah, I don't. I don't want to keep going back to the Swedes, but uh, it, it definitely didn't seem to have played out the way they wanted. I think. I mean, all the teams went to, um, I believe, Italy at elevation to uh, mm-hmm. to prepare for the games at some stage. But uh, the Swedes were in Beijing. They were days, if if not close to a week earlier than many of the other teams, and definitely than the other top teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would hope that you know acclim- acclimat- acclimatization and um, getting used to the snow and stuff would uh, would help them. But uh, yeah, like we said, so far the results aren't there yet. Nope. Yeah, uh, you know it's hard to. Uh, well, maybe it's not even that hard. You can definitely make some some judgments that, uh, especially if you're looking at Norway or Sweden, you know who had the better plan. And right now it looks like Norway did. I mean, yeah. Uh, you, you look at. By and large, uh, you know, for both the men and the women, they're they're doing their skiing very well. Uh, uh, with really only Tariabo being the only one I can think of that looks maybe a little bit overcooked or like he's just not not quite on peak form. But I mean, you run mm-hmm. through the rest: uh, Roisland, Ekhoff, uh, J. Tubo. Uh, 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 I I always mispronounce his name, and I never knew how it was pronounced until just the other day. But Lagreed um, and. Uh, uh, even Christensen, they all they all look like they're they're back at uh, where we'd want them to be or we'd expect them to be. Whereas the Swedes all just look now they look like the Norwegians did back in yeah, December. Yeah, although like, I, I one exception is Ponsaloma. He actually looked fairly uh, fairly good in his uh, individual race. That's a good point. He did on the on the skis at least. Yeah, and the well, shooting he, for well, for well, him did, wasn't too bad either. Yeah, he did very well. That was a that was a, a great race for him. I, I just I'm disappointed. Um, because you, you want to see the battles, right? You want to see the yeah. top battles, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, and I will say that the the French, their plan seems to have worked out just fine. Uh, you know, just uh, following, following, kind of marching to the beat of their own drummer. And, um, you know, here they are. And uh, uh, Fionn Maillet had a dominant win in the individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, even uh, Fabien Claude and uh, Destu were, were, uh, had, had good races as well. So I think that can't... Uh, Oh, and then of course, uh, the, the, all the, the French women, uh, you know, they, they, they don't look bad either. So it's not, it, I guess you didn't need to take a week off. You could just keep on going apparently. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season, uh, unfolds mm-hmm. after the Olympics, uh, if we're going to see yeah. some teams really, uh, you know, drop down a little bit. Um, and I also wanted to emphasize that, um, 
you know, we mentioned Roisland taking a different approach than the rest of the team. And, and of course, within the teams, I'm sure they have individual plans um, for, for, for the different athletes uh, because everybody is different. Um, and we see, for example, Emile Jacqueline, um, it's just not working out for him. And I don't know if that's part of the, uh, that, that it's just the, the approach to the preparation for the Olympics uh, didn't work for him or if something else is going on. He, he seems a bit of uh, a person who gets fired up really quickly, but rattled really quickly as well. Yeah. So uh, that might just be his personality. And if things don't work out, it, it brings him down. And uh, I don't know if you read the article about uh, Johannes Tingesbo offering help to, uh, to Jacqueline if he needed some. Uh, I was just, yeah, it was just nobody wants to seem this way, right? It was endearing for both of them, you know? I just yeah. thought it was, a, it was a nice story. And that's, I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but that's part of the reason why I think a lot of us are drawn to biathlon. It's because mm-hmm. of that sort of, uh, that sort of, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, everyone pulls together type, type, uh, type approach. It's not, and you could see that multiple times. We didn't mention this during the, um, during the, the recap, but uh, was it the, uh, there was an athlete, I can't remember if it was the Slovenia, I don't remember where they were from. That noticed that Roisland's uh, piece of her aperture was uh, had fallen off. And, yeah, was it the uh, psychotherapist or not psychotherapist? Physiotherapist is it, of yes. uh, the Czech team. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Yes, and uh, they they got the information radioed out to her on the course, and they left the they left the piece for her on uh, at her shooting uh, spot, so she was able to reattach it. Because uh, I mean, otherwise I, that would have been quite a struggle. Yeah, and the funny thing is, on the one hand, you're like, well, of course that's what you do, but I mean, how tempting is it to uh, to just you know push a little bit of snow over it and pretend you didn't see it. I mean, oh yeah. not yeah. that I would ever say that you should do that, but it's the Olympics after all. And if you can help your, your teammates uh, to, to, to have a better result to by eliminating one of the uh, top contenders, um, I don't know. I I'm even tempted to say that, that they wouldn't even consider that in, in this sport, but uh, I mean, obviously I don't know what people are thinking, but I just love that. It's like, no, everybody needs to have a fair chance. Her, her rifle piece is missing. So I'm going to make sure she gets it before the, before the shooting starts. So. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, yeah that was, I just thought that was, that was, that was a very cool moment. And I, you know, I'm glad, to, uh, I'm glad to be even a, a very, 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 very small piece of the sport. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. There was one other big piece of news uh, this week. Uh, Apparently, uh, Marketa Davidova might be uh, might be retiring. Yeah, make me sad. It's, uh, for me, she's a bit of an athlete, an athlete like you uh, feel about Hauser, where you know for some reason you just feel uh, stronger towards certain athletes. And uh, yep. I've always really liked her. She's uh, you know she's often seen smiling and, and a bright personality. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, Sad not to see her on the on the World Cup tour. If if that's what she's actually uh, deciding in the end, I don't know how how final it was in the article, but uh, I think she wants to become a veterinarian. And um, you know, she uh, I don't know exactly how old she is. She's pretty young, I'm sure, but uh, probably around 24, 25. I think yeah, she's twenty five or twenty six. Maybe she's turned twenty five. Uh, so she's yeah. she's definitely young. I mean, she she if she if she chose to stay, right? She's got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of years ahead of her um i do remember though thinking that you know a couple seasons ago when i saw her i was always thinking that she could make the jump to be one of the main contenders and i um i don't see that in her i i see her as somebody who can you know on a day that everything works out she can she can definitely win because we've seen that happen um but 
I still think when she wins, it's a bit of a surprise yep. um, compared to people like Roisland or uh, some of the other top athletes where it's almost the expectation to be in the top three. But yes. uh, yeah, like I said, it's uh, it, it would be a sad thing if she, if she leaves. And um, I think with some of the other ladies, uh, we have Yaslova, who's still pretty young, but the other ladies on the Czech team are, uh, I would think, a little older. Yeah. So uh, it's not not great for the team either. I know. Yeah. Hopefully they go out there and uh, and have a great race uh, next week in the relay. As here, it is. so I finally found it. Uh, somebody had sent me uh, a breakdown of what it was. So she had she was accepted into a six year uh, veterinarian program, um, and she deferred it in 2019, and she had to resume it this year, or uh, she would have to apply again. So that's oh, kind okay. of where she is. So, right. so she has to decide if she wants to apply again or not, um, which is, you know, fair, you know, if, if that's what you want to do with your life, I can kind of understand, you know, if you're, if you're ready to move on and, and get to it. On the other hand, you can't really compete on this level of biathlon. You can't, you can't uh, defer that. So I, it's a, it's a tough decision. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, biathlon is another sport that makes you rich. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. you, you got to think about what happens after. And, and like you said, yep. if, if she sort of has to make that decision now to either go in a different direction or, or lose that opportunity that uh, I can totally imagine that uh, that she would go that way. But yeah, be sad to see her go. Yeah. I hope that uh, I, I, I hope that she follows her heart and uh, makes a decision that makes her happiest. Mm -hmm, for sure. All right. So there was uh, one other really interesting thing that we mentioned a little bit earlier this week. We've been watching a little bit this season uh, and it's uh, Lisa Batazzi and her, uh, her curious shooting. Um, once again, in the relay, she led off for Italy in the mixed relay and, uh, she had them right there in the mix. Uh, this seems to be, uh, what she normally does. Uh, but yeah, she went out there and again, we've mentioned many times that there were some tricky shooting conditions and, uh, all she did, uh, was, uh, I think she went nine for 10 and, uh, which is pretty good, uh, to say the least, uh, that was one of the best shooting, uh, performances of anybody uh, during their, during the mixed relay. And then we see her in the individual and, uh, her very first shooting, she went over five. Um, and that has sort of become her pattern. Our brilliant RJ Weiss has just, uh, posted a new article about this on, uh, his website, biathlonanalytics.com. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, I'll give you one more chance to pause and read it, uh, before we get into talking about it. So with that, let's move on to the stat of the week. Yodley. The stat of the week. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I try to do, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that this is a mental thing for a large part. Like when you come to the range, knowing that in the last uh, individual races or this, this um, non-team events, you've been shooting 20% or 30%. Um, you're not going to go in with a clear mind thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to hit all five. Like I'm sure that's on her mind. And um, especially when the first one goes down and it's, you know, probably even worse. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to do is see if there's other uh, factors that may play a role. And um, like, like Jordan said, I mean, I encourage you to go out and read the article itself, but um I just looked at if there's any uh, 
uh, impact on her shooting results based on the ski time of her first lap. And uh, we're all we're talking about small margins here and small data sources. So, or sorry, small data sets. And uh, so you always have to be careful with drawing conclusions. And I'm definitely not suggesting that that's the main reason or if she would uh, would slow down that that would fix her problem. I just felt that uh, it was a, a good way to look at other um, factors that could play a role. And if, you know, at this point, I'm sure she's at a point where anything that could, uh, you know, help her fix it is, is welcome. Um, pretty sure she's not reading my my website but uh <laughs> i tried to uh connect with her on facebook and uh and again i'm i'm not i'm not going to predict that she's going to win a medal and thank me on international tv that's that's not my uh my goal at all i just wanted to see if there's any other aspect than the pure mental aspect of uh, of the shooting that um maybe could lead to some improvements yeah, well, if she does go out there and win a medal, then she might not thank you on national TV, but we will certainly make sure to release an immediate <laughs> podcast, you know, and uh, believe me, you will get all the credit on that podcast. Um, yeah, that's a very fascinating. And you're going to have to let us know, uh, you know, what, what she ends up saying. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting, right? So we talked about um, the, uh, the, you talked about, excuse me, the uh, starting out a little bit slower. Um, and so I, in particular, I was looking at other races that, that, that start out a little bit slower, you know, think like a mass start usually has a, a more relaxed, um, uh, a more relaxed uh, first, first lap, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the same, same sort of thing you usually see with a, uh, with a, a relay, uh, sort of has a, uh, the first loop has a, a first lap, excuse me, has a, has a mass start sort of feel to it. Um, although I guess. If anybody was watching, they went a little harder on this the the mixed relay this this past week. So yes, yeah, um, yeah that it doesn't quite hold. But um, so one of the things I was I, I really wanted to look at was how she did in the mass starts, and um, it turns out that uh, she <laughs> doesn't have the greatest history of shooting in the mass starts recently. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, any any individual race and not the uh, like a non-team event race recently has has been horrendous. I mean, yeah. I think in her last six races, if I remember correctly, she uh, she had either four or five misses, and um, that that I don't know. I I cannot imagine. I can't imagine how you cannot get that out of your head. Oh yeah. Uh, once you get to the to the shooting stage and. Interestingly, it's mostly just the first shooting. I, I didn't research her, her second shooting, but um, it's it's just the first shooting. It's just been incredibly bad. I um I I, I pulled up just the most basic stats because I I wanted people to to hear these because uh, it's it's just alarming for this season and this season alone. Uh, uh, she is ranked 148th in uh, shooting, right? Um, but she has a prone hit rate of 53.6% hmm. and a standing hit rate of 86%. That's in, that's in wow. just uh, uh, individual races, or I guess solo races, however you want to say yeah. it. Races yeah. that aren't realized. Um, so then I, I looked at her in the uh, relay races, and uh, she has a uh, prone sh uh, hit percentage of 81%. And uh, standing of eighty eight percent. Yeah, it's absurd. Unreal. Yeah, 
And, you know, and, and, um, I know that shooting, you can't really compare shooting in a, in a non-team event to a relay in the sense of, uh, the extra spare bullets that you get yeah. in relay events. But, um, of yeah. I, I don't know, there's, there's different views on that in, in one hand. Yeah, of course you're, you're more relaxed or less tense because you know, you have some, some spare bullets, but at the other hand, I can totally imagine that you take more risks. Um, oh yeah. And actually you know, it's not going to hurt you as much. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, that would make a difference for every individual how to handle that. But, um, so, so I'm, you know, I'm totally aware and I write it in the article too, that, you know, you can't really compare to shooting. So what I did was, um, for the relays, I only focused on the first five shots and, uh, and calculated the, uh, shooting percentage for the first five shots. So, mm-hmm. yep. um, again, you can't ignore the, the mental state difference that it would have if you have spare bullets, but. Um, I thought it was at least a bit more fair comparison between the no, two uh, different types of races. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why you're the stats guy and I'm the idiot. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I also thought this was interesting and this is moving off of Lisa Patelsi a little bit, but getting just into the, the idea of shooting in a relay versus shooting mm-hmm. um, for yourself. Um, Tyrell Eckhoff, she is 76% prone in relays. She is 58.6% standing in relays. Hmm. Just wow. thinking ahead to uh, later on the week, uh, I don't know, it makes me a little bit, a little bit nervous. I'm a Norwegian, but uh, Roisland, she is <laughs> she's twenty for twenty two, both prone and standing in relays this year. That's just wow. uh, bizarre. I mean, obviously it's extremely small sample sizes, but I thought that was that's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. It's it's just interesting uh, how how the mindset of of certain athletes are just different when they go into a relay, mm-hmm. uh, both one way or the other, but. Uh, yeah, well, and, just... and, and, and broadening this out even further, right? You, you get into just the, the mindset of uh, an athlete in a relay versus the mindset of an athlete, uh, or in a, I should say the mindset of an athlete performing in a, in a team event mm-hmm. in a normally individual sport. So you look at, if you were to, to look at, and I, I don't know this for certain, but if you were to look at golf, you could see athletes who are normally uh, decent golfers, but not great. Suddenly getting to the Ryder cup and, and like, uh, Ian Poulter, for example, suddenly being unbelievable. And I would imagine that you would see similar things in, um, you know, other, other solo sports as well. There's just mm-hmm. a different, uh, mentality, right? When you know, you've got other, other athletes, maybe there's a little bit more, uh, maybe a little more pressure. So you feel, uh, you know, and, and you, you, it, it overwhelms you a little bit, uh, because more people are counting on you, or maybe you feel free because you've got a whole team. It's not just you. I don't know. I, I, I can't speak to it. Um, you know, but, uh, it's, it's fascinating to, to look at. No, for sure. And, and, uh, I find it interesting cause I was looking at, uh, uh, Scott Gow as well, cause mm-hmm. his last two relays, he's been underperforming for his standards. Uh, but he's also the last shooter. And that's where I can see if the first three of your countrymen or women do really well, that there is mm-hmm. so much more additional pressure that you don't want to be the one that, you know, messes it up. And I'm pretty sure in the teams, they would never, you know, you win as a team or you lose as a team or, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's just part of the game, but I, that's what I find hard with, with the first, uh, skier or the first leg on a team is that. Yeah, I, I can see there's some additional pressure because you kind of set the tone for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at least there's a lot of uh, time to still make up for for some mistakes, yep. right? So yep. I, I would imagine that that pressure is less in the, for the first leg. But uh, 
again, like individuals deal deal with that differently. And um, I, I mean, I just hope for her that she can turn it around. And uh, quite frankly, I don't, I don't see it happen because every time I, I hope for it, it's she, she shows me otherwise. But uh, it'd be really, really sad if uh, if she if she can't compete on the the non team events anymore just because of this uh, this shooting issue. Um, uh, and for anybody who is relatively new to uh, following biathlon, uh, it's it's hard to watch sometimes because she was so good just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And uh, RJ mentioned this, but I think it was the was the 2018, 2019 season that she finished third in the in the Crystal Globe. Second. Second, second just behind Weir. Right. Yeah. You're right, it was second. I, I, I it's hard to remember somebody else who has fallen off this severely and this quickly. Yeah. And their skiing is still good. So it is. It's, you know, it's, right, it's uh, right there. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully she listens um, to you. Well, uh, if it helps her out, I, yeah, I, I'd be very happy for her. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm assuming that within those teams, they have some people that uh, analyze the data as well, and they probably have heart rate data and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I, I sincerely hope that they've already looked at this and uh, and that it might help her recover from her uh, shooting issues Absolutely. but uh yeah i encourage everybody to to read it on biathlonanalytics.com and uh i i really hope that uh people will uh engage with me on twitter to uh to share their opinions and i also want to remind uh, send out a reminder that uh the ski speed article uh has been up for a couple of days also on the same website and uh please reach out with your opinions about that so uh that was my little plug. Yeah, and we discussed it at, uh, at a little bit, a little bit more length uh, in our in our first podcast. So if you want to, you know, just get a little bit of a brief taste of it, you can go listen to it there. Um, but I definitely encourage everybody to go check it out. It's it's fascinating, and uh, definitely uh, start the conversation and uh, include me in it, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I spend way too much time on Twitter, so uh, I will be there. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Anything else you wanted to uh, talk about or bring up or? That about wraps it up. I was just going to ask you one last question. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to make you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, I want you to pick uh, one completely off the radar person that we have not talked about. Um, and, uh, and and that you think might have a chance to uh, to, to do something in the next couple of races. Um, this can be uh, either somebody that for whatever reason we didn't uh, didn't talk about but but has had good success recently or somebody that just caught your eye and you thought ah I kind of want to see if uh, if they can if they can do something in the sprint or the pursuit well uh, to to avoid people listening to uh, to me thinking about that I'm gonna go with the first athlete that pops in my mind and that's yes. Claire Egan yes um, She's again one of those athletes where everything has to go right. I mean, you can say that pretty much about everybody in uh, in biathlon, right? But um, I think it's fair to say that if she performs uh, by her average numbers, then she's probably not going to end up on the podium. But I think she has the potential if she has a great day to uh, to be right up there. So uh, I'm rooting for her. I think it would be great to see a medal uh, in biathlon for uh, for North American athletes and. Um, that's the person I would think of. And, and on the men's side, um, I just hope that uh, Emilien Jacqueline can turn it around, fix mm-hmm. whatever is broken in his head or, or in his body and uh, show us uh, 
the form he, he showed us on the world championships and, uh, and challenged for a medal. Yeah, no. So you, uh, you, <laughs> you take it right out from under me. Claire Egan was who I was thinking of too. Um, you know, she showed a really good form in the, in the individual and Anholtz and she looked great in the relay uh, uh, to start the Olympics. Um, so yeah, so I definitely think that she, she could be there. Um, I know we mentioned him briefly, but I'm going to say him, say his name again, Fabian Claude. Um, I don't know why, but he's just one of those people. He's like Lisa Hauser for me. I just can't help but watch and cheer for him. <laughs> um, I know next to nothing about him, but, uh, anyway, I just, uh, I, I got my fingers crossed also just cause I, uh, I, I like him and, uh, his brother, they had a, they've had some funny moments, the, the, the mm -hmm. brothers. So, yeah. uh, I, you know, do I expect him to, to do something? I don't know if I expect it, but he's had a couple really good finishes this year. Um, so maybe, yeah, just maybe he can he can sneak up there, maybe get himself into you know top ten, borderline top five contention. Yeah, no, and we saw it with uh, Destieu, and mm -hmm. uh, was it the first race in Ostersund that he medaled? Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it's always possible, right? Yep. So, yep. And and if there's a race he's going to do it in, it's going to be it's going to be in the uh, the pursuit race. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but uh, fingers crossed. Absolutely. All right. Well, looking forward to uh, another couple of great races in the next couple of days. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to us. I really appreciate the uh, the feedback that we've been getting on Twitter and uh, and seeing uh, seeing that we're not just recording it for our parents who are <laughs> <laughs> actively listening and cheering us on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, I, I appreciate everybody listening and uh, look forward to the next podcast. Absolutely. And uh, we will be, as you know, we'll be joining you again uh, at the conclusion of the sprint race on Friday. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then. Okay. Sounds good. Cheers. Have a good one. You too. Yeah, we did it again. <laughs> oh, that's all good. And uh, what was the first fifteen minutes or so? Just chatting about what we're gonna, what we're gonna chat about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no way. Uh...